With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to the Shrimp Cast, your source for everything happening in the worlds of Boogaloo Shrimp Dennis Daniel and John Pokemon. Catch all new episodes of the All Taste Explosion with the Boogaloo Shrimp featuring John Pokemon only on blogtalkradio.com. And check out www.alttasteexplosion.com for more information. From Daniel Studios in Cincinnati, Ohio, it's the Dennis Daniel Show. Tonight's guest, voice actress Brenda Palencia, and your announcer, me, Belle Dandy. And now, here's your host. He is Cincinnati's next big radio personality, Mr. Dennis Daniel. navigated to Blog Talk Radio's biggest, newest, and hottest talk show segment, The Dennis Daniels Show. I am your host, the big personality that's going to revolutionize internet radio, Dennis Daniels. And folks, give up once again for my lovely announcer. She is the one, the only, oh my goddess, Belle Dandy. Well, folks, we have a new home here on blogtalkradio.com. I'm excited because this is the first installment of the Dennis Daniel Show on BTR. So that means one thing, bigger guests, bigger interviews, and more ways to give you, the listener, all the cool, groovy things. And I'm excited because tonight, in honor of Halloween, we present the first ever Dennis Daniel Show Halloween extravaganza Dennis Daniel goes to hell. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I got to work on that cough there. But anyway, tonight on Dennis Daniel Goes to Hell, we have the girl that made Halloween what it is for anime by voicing a lot of crazy demons, frogs, and satanic douchebags. That's right, CL, I'm talking to you. Tonight on the Dennis Daniels Show, we have got voice actress Brina Palencia. Now, for those of you who don't know who Brina Palencia is, she is quite the lovely voice actress. She's best known as Hollow from the very popular Spice and Wolf, I Enma, and this girl puts the hell in Hell Girl from the classic Hell Girl series. She's also Seattle Phantom High from the classic Black Butler. And if you remember, we talked with J. Michael Tatum earlier this July at the Otakonathon 2012. So we're kind of uh, filling in that Black Butler niche for you guys. You're welcome. But anyway, I'm excited. The new Daniel Studios. It is truly an awesome feat that no one has ever tried before until now. So I am here breaking new ground. And I promise you guys, the Dennis Daniel Show will be your hookup for everything anime, pro wrestling, and pop culture. But anyway, let's get back to Brina Palencia, a wonderful voice actress in her in her own respective field. And what makes her so great? Well, let's take a quick listen to a small demo reel on what makes Miss Palencia so incredible. Lawrence, will you answer something for me? Why is it that you have such a good nature? I just cannot understand it. My personality? I don't know. You really are rather dense. 
Did you just tell me? Your personality? An imbecile would have charmed me and said I was special or something, even if it was a lie. Okay, I'm sorry. I'm confused about what you want, though. There are times you want to hear something. It does not matter if it is a lie or not, but you will eventually want to hit a person in his face if he takes too long to say it. It's fun to draw pictures. Somehow I feel so reticent. I want to show my beautiful drawings to my big brothers, France and the Roman Empire, and that other big brother whose name I don't know because I haven't met yet. I can't wait to see everyone. Unfortunately, when he met them again, they had all become assholes. Stop! I want you to become part of the Holy Roman Empire! Now! There you have it, pitiful shadow lost in the darkness, bringing torment and pain to others. Oh, damned soul wallowing in your skin. Perhaps it is time to die. I'm a bit hungry. I'd like something sweet to eat. You shouldn't eat now, Master. You don't want to spoil your appetite for dinner with your guest this evening. I don't care about that. Make me a parfait. I'm sorry, sir. Fine. About the portrait in the hallway. Yes. Take it down. I am C.L. Phantomhive, son of Vincent. And I am the head of the house now. Well, that's C.L. Man, that guy rubs me the wrong way. Not, not because he looked like a British pirate. You know, he was pulling the British pirate thing before Jack Sparrow made it cool. But just that guy is 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 just a is a jerk, and he treats everyone just like trash on that show. But uh, anyway, I guess you gotta understand his backstory to understand why he's that way. I mean, if I was a slave in a cult too, it would probably throw me off my waffles. But anyway, let's get right into this. I'm excited. My guest tonight is a very popular voice actress, best known as CL Phantom Hive from Black Butler, I Inma from Hell Girl, and Little Italy, or as we're gonna call it, Littley. From Hitalia Axis Powers. So, ladies and gentlemen, give it up for the one, the only, Miss Brina Palencia. Valencia, thank you, and welcome to the Dennis Daniels Show. Thank you for having me. Hey, I, I gotta say, this is truly a huge honor. You've been in a lot of cool shows that I have had the fortunate ability to watch. And like I said, Black Butler was super cool, even though CL's kind of a douchebag. Uh, <laughs> one show that just scares the bejeebus out of me, that Hell Girl, because let's be honest, that show, and, and just because, you know, we gotta keep it simple, because there are probably children listening, that show was pretty f***ed up. It was. It was so cool, though. Well, episode 18, I got reservations on that one, but we'll talk about that a little bit more later on in the show. So, what got you interested in acting? Uh, well, I had always wanted to be an actor. I grew up in a family of musicians, so music has always played an important part in my life, but I kind of always secretly wanted to be an actor. I was a closet actor for a long time, and then it uh, wasn't until I got into high school that I started to get into plays and do musicals and all that. The gateway drug for me into acting was definitely musicals. Since I started out being more of a musician, musicals were kind of my way into kind of seeing how much fun it was and how much I loved it. It's like a high school is a good place for a lot of musicals and three very bad Disney movies. <laughs> yes. Um, so uh, what, do you have any kind of formal education in acting? Uh, I take a lot of workshops, and um, I don't have a degree in acting. My degree is actually in music. I got my Bachelor of Arts in Music from the University of North Texas, um, but I've always studied acting on the side, and I continue to do so. Oh, wait, well, it's, it's still good to continue your studies because you're never too old to learn something new about your trade, and that's that's what makes you know life so wonderful. Agreed. Um, yeah. Blogtalkradio.com. This is the Dennis Daniels Show. We've got Brina Palencia on the air, best known as Hollow from Spice and Wolf. And by the way, volumes one and two are now available for purchase at Funimation.com. 
So how do you personally prepare to audition for a role? Um, you know, it depends on the show. Sometimes whenever or, or how much information I'm given before I go into audition. Sometimes I don't even know what show it, it is, so I can't really do a whole lot of preparation or research. So I try to get there, um, you know, a little bit early to have a chance to read through the booklet that they give you. And what they give you is a binder that has a page that has a summary of what the show is about and what the feel of the show is. And then they'll have all the characters that you can audition for. It'll be a picture of the character, a description of the character, and then a few lines of the character uh, that the character says throughout the series. And uh, you get to usually get to pick three characters that kind of speak to you and then go in and audition. So if if I know what the show is before going in, um, I like to do a little bit of research, you know, just look on Wikipedia and just kind of get a feel for the show before I go in. Um, but like I said, if I don't have that luxury, then I tend to just try to go in a little bit early and give myself plenty of time to read read up on it uh, while I'm in the building. I think that the research that you've done for the series that you're auditioning for, you think that's kind of helped you out in getting some of these uh, bigger known roles that you're known for? Uh, you know, I, I think it does. It helps Somewhat. I wouldn't recommend uh, – one thing as far as being an actor in general and whether you're coming into audition for uh, something voiceover or be it theater or film or whatever, something that all actors need to be sure uh, to have is an openness and a willingness to play. Because you could come in with this idea of how you think this character should be and you think it's the most brilliant thing that anyone has ever thought of. But the director could think, that it needs to go a totally different way. So your job as the actor is to try to help the director's vision come to life. So you have to be open to what that possibility is. Because I've seen a lot, because I've auditioned people before too. I was an ADR director for a couple of years and um, I've seen a lot of people buckle. Like if I, t- if I would tell them that was a great read and, you know, I like what you did, but, you know, just change these few things about it and they just can't do it and they freak out because they have that one read in their mind and if they have to vary from that, they just can't do it. So I think it's always important to go in with an open mind and an open spirit and be willing to take whatever notes are given to you. With your uh, ability to do voices, you got to be like a like a piece of uh, cotton piping or, uh, you know, that piper cotton, that, that uh Cotton piper stuff, you know the the stuff that you uh you can you can turn and form. Oh, like a pipe cleaner. Pipe cleaner, that's where we go. Pipe cleaner, yeah. that's what I was I was looking for. You <laughs> gotta be a you gotta be a voice acting pipe cleaner. You know you can bend, you can change your form, and and maybe even have a little couple googly eyes on there. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. This show wasn't nominated for awards for its writing. <laughs> well, anyway, one of your earliest known roles and one of my personal favorites is Nina Tucker from the classic Full Metal Alchemist and Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood. How did you audition for the role, and what do you think of her character? Um, that was one of my one of my first auditions. My very first audition ever was Case Closed, and then fairly soon after that was uh, Full Metal Alchemist. And I did not know a whole lot about the show going into it. That was one of those times whenever I didn't have the luxury of being able to do a lot of research beforehand. Um, so I didn't, I didn't, I had no idea what her storyline was. I just thought she was one of the main characters, whatever. So I auditioned and when I got it, I was so excited because it was the first character I had ever gotten ever. Before that I had only done, you know, just little bit parts and uh, Walla, which is like group scenes, uh, like just in the background kind of stuff. And uh, so I was ecstatic and I thought that I had, I thought I had a lead role, like a lead reoccurring in the show for the whole time role. And so when I got called in, you know, I got called in for four hours and uh, I was really excited. And it wasn't until I think halfway through that I realized that, spoiler alert, FYI, to anyone who hasn't watched Filmologist, close your ears, I didn't realize that she got blown up and turned into a chimera and never seen again <laughs> except in flashbacks. And so I was I thought, first of all, it was a, just a devastating story. I thought it was so sad. Um, but it was also <laughs> devastating to my ego because I thought that I totally had a lead character and it was actually just a featured role. <laughs> when Nina got turned into the chimera and then got blown up by Scar, I think that was one of the scenes where I'm like, Damn, damn. 
Yeah, I mean, it's traumatizing, and it really sticks with the viewer. Because, I mean, I, you know, I've done so much stuff since Nina Tucker, and but Nina Tucker is still a lot of people's favorite roles that I've done. Like, and it's because it's so haunting, and it's just, I mean, it's horrifying that anybody would do that to a child. So, especially their own child. Um, and then the way that it all ends is just, it's devastating. It's so sad. And I'm really happy that I did get that role um, because it is, I think, one of the most memorable moments of the whole series. I got to say, you doing Nina, you freaking nailed it. I got to say, that little kid voice, perfect. Oh, thank you. I just, uh, you know, I, I I say that we have a lot of little kid voice actors on the show, but you with Nina, I really thought that was a little kid talking. I'm like, what? She's not little? <laughs> I got to say. Knocked it right out of the park. So, um, Thank you. so anyway, uh, tying in with the uh, special, uh, Dennis Daniel Goes to Hell, we got to talk about this next series. Another one of your best-known roles is I Am from the series Hell Girl, which, by the way, season one is now available on DVD. Uh, what do you think of her character, and uh, what did you think of working on the series overall? Well, I was really excited to get that part because I love horror. It's one of my favorite genres. And so I just love the premise of the show. And I thought the animation was beautiful and I thought the story was really compelling. Um, and she was she was a difficult role for me to do. Um, I think she was the first character that I had that was really breathy like that. And she, you know, had that long you know, monologue that she gives at the end of every episode. And it took so much breath support. I felt like I was singing whenever I was doing her uh, voice because it did take a lot of, you know, technique and whatever. I was glad that I had a singing background. But um, I, uh, (laughs) one thing that was funny about it is is that it did, it, it is the same for her, for that character in particular, it's the same, the same thing happens every episode and I didn't really think about that so it did like after a while I just kind of lose track of what actually was happening in the episode because for me it always was the same you know what I mean so it was fun to go back and watch it and like see how it all like fell in together and see, see it as a whole and because uh, you know when you're recording you only get to see what you're doing so I didn't get to see the other scene any scene that I was not in I didn't get to see it until it came out um, so I just thought it was a really fun show, and I think I think it's really smart, and I think it's uh, totally scary, which I love. It is to scariness, especially episode eighteen with the drowned puppies. That you know, I'm like, I'm like, okay, I'm done. Okay, okay, this is kind of heavy-handed. There, anime. We don't need, we don't need that in in no anime. I mean, we can have we can have we can have adults dying, we can have little kids dying, but no no, no puppies. Puppies didn't do That's nothing so wrong. True. Puppies didn't do nothing wrong, Brina. They were puppies, damn it. It's so true. And I feel like that's true of any kind of genre. It's like you could could completely dismember someone, like a human being, but the moment that you hurt a puppy or a kitten or something, like everyone is just like, what? No, that's awful. Like everyone, it just affects everyone so, like, (laughs) so much more intensely than people getting hurt. They can't do anything wrong. They're innocent. They're like little babies. Yeah. You, you can't kill little babies in an anime. That's like that's like with the Hunger Games with the exploding baby limbs. Spoiler alert, by the way. Oh, my God. Yeah, you can't. <laughs> no, the first thing of anime is you cannot kill babies, kittens, or puppies. That is like a taboo that you cannot cross. And and, and little kids, little kids who are innocent, like Nina. Nina, yeah. and anything that's innocent when you kill it is it's, it is just significantly more evil and awful. Again, because we have little children listening, that series is pretty f***ed up. <laughs> but anyway, Hell Girl was just, and I'm watching this and I'm going, what? Well, I mean, half of the people that that did go to hell, they did deserve it. But you know, that actually made me wonder. Um, I know in episode one with Lucy Christian's character, she had a chance to plead for mercy. I'm like, so, so if, if you did plead for mercy, that, that would that call the whole hell thing off? Because you know, if I would, I would be singing like a canary. <laughs> oh yeah, definitely. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Um, so anyway, do you know if there's talk of possibly dubbing seasons two and three of Hell Girl into English? I don't think that there are, which is really sad to me. Um, I 
I want to say that the second season may have already come out without a dub. They're pretty fascinating seasons. Season two is is really good because it, it involves another character that's tied in with the Hell correspondence. And in the third season, spoiler alert, Hell Girl is killed, and this new girl takes over the role as Hell Girl, and it goes through this creepy transformation. She comes out of her out of her back, and it's it, it's all creepy. She actually she, she essentially becomes the she like she becomes the incarnation of I, which allows her to transform into I. It, 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 and, and there's also the also a, a lot of backstory about uh, who is des- who's chosen to be the Hell Girl and and and, and who who is destined to carry on the Hell correspondence after I is, is dies or something. You know, season two and three really pick up the ball after we're, after season one leaving off, and it, it has a lot of drama. You know, a lot more of the grievances shall be answered and avenged, and uh, you get all your fairy boat riding to hell and stuff. You know, you get all the quality of season one in two additional seasons. And you get a little more, you know, you scratch the surface a little bit more. And I think that two and three should be dubbed because you have such a wonderful cast in in season one. You, um, uh, Todd Habicorn, even some of the uh, background guys like Vic Mignogna, Kyle Hebert, Greg Ayers. You guys, you know, for a creepy show, you guys did really good on it. Well, thank you very much. Yeah, Tyler Walker was the director for season one. I I want to say that might have been one of his first. Well, he did, I think Black Cat might have been his first uh, venture into directing because he was an ADR engineer before that. But I think Hellgirl was one of his first, like one of his earlier works. Walker, Texas Ranger. Nice. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you've definitely heard that a lot, living in Texas. Yeah. Well, hey, it's either that or a Ponderosa joke. Come on here. I, can't, I got to make these jokes up somehow, Brianna. Anyway, <laughs> blogtalkradio.com. This is the Dennis Daniels Show. We've got Bria Palencia on the air, best known as Ienma from Hellgirl, and Holo from Spice and Wolf. And that actually is a great tangent into our next question. You're also known as Holo from the popular Spice and Wolf. What was it like playing Holo, and uh, what do you like about her character? Uh, Holo was awesome because she was a really unique character for me. Um, I based her off of, um, um, oh my God, I just blanked on her name, uh, Catherine Hepburn. And uh, Jamie Markey uh, uh, cast that show and she directed the first few episodes. And whenever I first auditioned, that's not what I based her character off of at all. But for whatever reason, the first day that we were recording together, I... I want to say I did it as a joke or something at first, and Jamie just said, you know, that's actually a really good idea. Um, I think you could maybe color it with that in mind. And so what I would do is the way that you record is that we always watch the Japanese or watch the scene in Japanese first to kind of get an idea of the overall feel and, you know, help us see what's going on and see what the animation is. And uh, so while we're doing that, we get to practice the lines, you know, we'll have, we'll have, we have two screens, one with the video playing and then one with the script. So I would practice my lines in my best Catherine Hepburn impression. And so whenever we'd go in and record, I would just, um, you know, let that sort of color the way that she spoke. I didn't do it straight at, like, I didn't do a straight up transatlantic accent or anything like Catherine Hepburn does, but I did do a hint of that. So it was just really fun uh, getting to kind of try a new technique like that. I really haven't watched a lot of Spice and Wolf, but from what I have seen, it is a pretty whimsical show. I just wish that Holo would put some pants on for Pete's sake. She she runs around. <laughs> I, I mean, I have not seen an anime where a girl has run around naked half the time. You've not? What anime are you watching? Yeah, yeah, yeah it's, it's, it's a really messed up story. I'll tell you more about it later. And I got to say, Holo, Holo and Lawrence, they, they come each other so well. It's a love-hate relationship. Lawrence loves Holo and Holo hates him. <laughs> you know what's funny is uh, Tatum is a dear friend of mine, and he we were both really excited to you know get those roles, and he got to go in and record before I did. And I asked him, you know, yeah, so how is it? Like, how do you feel about the show and whatever? And he was like, it's really good, you know. I just um, it's crazy because I really feel like it's kind of like what our relationship is like. And I was like, oh, interesting. And so <laughs> to record, it's like you said, she's so mean to him. 
was just like, wow, okay. I guess I'm really mean to Tatum. <laughs> oh, you got to love Tatum. I got to talk with him in July for a, for an interview for the Otakana Thought in 2012, which you can download, by the way, on iTunes and check out on YouTube.com forward slash All Taste Explosion. He's a very, he's very nice, and he's got a lot of respect for voice acting. But, you know, I, you, know you two do... Hit it off. You're like uh, Mike and Molly, or the, or the Two Broke Girls, or some, or whatever CBS is living to the barrel with nowadays. Uh, all I know is, if you and, and Tatum are like Hollow and Lords, now make sure Tatum never has any apples around you. <laughs> yeah. Or, or we can actually coin a new phrase. Gonna be a jerk to Lords? Holo. <laughs> Screw Yolo. How about Holo? <laughs> there you go, kids. Use that now. Get get those hipsters out of here. Well, anyway, you know, aside from voice acting, you've um you also been in in several video games, including uh Mad Moxie in the recently released Borderlands 2, which I hear from IGN is you know getting a nine out of ten, which is pretty good for a video game. So, what was it like working on the game? And in your opinion, does video game acting differ from voicing in an anime? Uh, yeah, video game acting definitely does differ from anime. Uh, in video game voice acting, you do have to do a lot of, you know, exposition and kind of explaining how to play the game. Uh, so it, it is kind of hard. And it's it, what I love about Borderlands is that I think the script, especially in Borderlands 2, is brilliant. I think it's so funny. Um, Anthony... Birch, I think, is the one who wrote it. I think that's his last name. Um, he is so funny. And I think he does such a good job because sometimes, you know, the video game dialogue, especially when we're trying to explain what the next task is, can be so stale and so boring. And uh, he did such a good job of making every minute of it just really, really fun. Um, the other thing that is different from anime voice acting and video game voice acting is that with video game stuff, uh, you know, the well, first of all, you don't have to um, match flaps usually. Sometimes there are rare, there's the rare occasion where you do have to match flaps, meaning match the mouth movements, um, but it's rare. So you have a lot more freedom as far as what type of read you want to go for. But the other thing is that you don't get to develop as much of a relationship with the character because, you know, with anime, you got like, 12, 24, sometimes hundreds of episodes with this one character, so you really kind of develop an emotional attachment to them. Uh, whereas with video games, you know, usually I see the character once for maybe four to eight hours, and that's it. Um, which is why I was really happy that Borderlands 2 happened, um, so I got to play with Mad Moxie again, so that was cool. Aside from Borderlands 2, uh, back to anime, you're also very popular with the character Tony Tony Chopper from the Funimation dubbing of One Piece. Um, what is voicing him like, and uh, how is the show coming along? Um, he, I think, is one of the cutest things on the face of the planet. Uh, so I love voicing him every time that we go into uh, record, which we started recording again, which is really exciting and really fun. I mean, he always just makes me, he, <laughs> it's like this weird combination of I always laugh at him, but then always cry for him at the same time, because everything, he, he takes everything so seriously, and he's so emotional, and like, he's so naive, and so like, you know, he's so easy to trick, and I just, he makes me cry and laugh all at the same time, every time that I watch him. He's just so cute and sad and adorable and sweet. I love it. He is adorable in his little hat with an X on it, and, and, and he wants to be a doctor. I'm like, I don't know if I'd, I'd want to have my doctor be a, be a, be a little reindeer. Is, is, was it a reindeer <laughs> or is he a moose? They never really clear that up. Is, is he, what is he, a reindeer or a moose? He's a reindeer. Yeah, I, he screams I, it a lot in the first, when he first shows up. Yeah, I don't, I don't know if I don't know if my insurance plan let me any visit with doctors. I gotta check my let me check my my insurance plan here. Uh, nope, no, no approved doctor visits with reindeer. Sorry, <laughs> maybe Blue Cross Blue Shield offers that. I don't know. I'll have to look into that plan next year. So, uh, what can we expect in future releases? Is there is there any big story happening? Because I know One Piece. It goes on and on and on. 
It does, it does. It does, it does, it does. <laughs> I, what's great about One Piece, though, is that I feel like it really succeeds as far as continuing to make the story interesting. I feel like it's one of those shows that grows up with its audience, and it does get more and more adult, and it gets darker. Like, I mean, the the, art, the story arc that we're working on right now, I mean, it's there are things that happen in it that are just devastating. Um, and it still has a lot of the comedy, and it's still really fun and broad, but it doesn't shy away from, you know, reality, and it doesn't shy away from scary, sad, brutal things happening to them. And I think that's what makes the show so successful. We've talked with um, with some of the voice actors from the 4Kids version, along with some from the Funimation dub. Um, have you seen the 4Kids version, and uh, what do you think of it as compared to working on it in the Funimation version? Um, I, I watched some of the 4Kids version whenever I was much younger, um, and I don't remember a whole lot about it. Um, I've been told a lot of the differences. Like I know with Chopper, um, I think they changed his voice whenever he would change form, which is interesting. Um, and I think it was, it was, you know, it was essentially made for kids. Like I think they uh, got rid of a lot of the darker stuff that happened, and I know they made it a lot less adult, um, which, I mean, that's the name of the company, for kids. So what they do is for kids. So, you know, that's what they do. But, I, I mean, I, I can't really state an opinion one way or the other because, like I said, I don't remember a whole lot about watching it. I know a lot of the voice actors that were on it, and I know a lot of them are extremely talented. One thing about Four Kids is you had one heck of a repertoire of voice actors, and, of course, we've had several several dozen of them on our program, and they are just crackerjack performers, and that's one thing you can't take away from Four Kids. Even though they cut out a lot of good stuff, they at least have a crack voice acting team. Yeah, they're great voice actors. No, not not to sell you short or anything, because you are fantastic in your own mind. Yeah, but I mean, a lot of them have been, you know, in the industry for decades, which I am not old enough to have been in for decades. So, like, there are a lot of people that were on it that, like, I really respect and, like, are kind of people that I look up to. So, it's like, I can't really say anything bad about it, because I know that whatever they did, they did the best to their ability. You know what I mean? And they're amazing. I'm sure it was great. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's, It's totally, it's totally true. It's awesome. Okay, well, we got fans punching us in the head. Okay, let's. All right, well, so we'll get right into this. Another one of your best known roles is CL Phantom High from Black Butler. Uh, what was it like working on that show, and what do you think of the relationship he has with Sebastian? I CL is one of my favorite characters because he is so layered. There are so many things that he has gone through and that he goes through in that series that it's just so cool acting wise. I mean, there's so much to play with. Um, and I loved the, uh, you know, having the challenge of doing a dialect. That was really fun. Um, and it's funny, I went to a convention in the UK and I thought for sure they probably thought I sucked, you know what I mean? And so preemptively on a panel, I was talking about how I did you know, I voiced Seattle Phantom Hive, and I preemptively was like, you know, with my crappy British accent, and everyone was just kind of silent, and, like, one girl raised her hand, and she was like, um, no, actually, your accent was quite good. <laughs> I was like, oh, sweet, awesome. And, like, for, throughout the whole convention, like, everybody's like, yeah, yeah, no, you did a great job. I'm like, that was really good. And I was like, oh, cool, all right. I guess I don't have to make fun of myself. Awesome. <laughs> Jolly good performance. It, it was as tasty as some sort of meat-filled pie. Oh, right. They do love their meat pies. Oh, here we go with the Big Ben loving, God save the queen, punk came from England, where my team biscuits, we call it a lift, it's not busy, it's engaged, Benny Hill watching Monty Python quoting, John Cleese with a how's your father, let's send our prisoners to Australia, BBC4, flat living, naval eating, goofball, motherfucker. I'm trying to trying to regain my composure after after hearing that. Uh, okay, 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 okay. 
Well, anyway, aside from doing the voice acting in anime, you also do an online web series called The Troubadours. Uh, can you tell us yes. a little bit about that? Uh, I would love to. The Troubadours is a it's a musical comedy, and it's about a group of college students who go caroling door-to-door for a new holiday every week because they were rejected from the top choir at the university, and that top choir has a stronghold on all the performance venues in their city. So they decide to just go door-to-door and sing their music. So we... Um, it's nine episodes, and uh, this is the ha- this is your Halloween episode. Our season finale is actually for Halloween, um, so I uh, we have seven episodes out right now. Our next episode is for Mother-in-Law Day. It, we have a new episode that comes out every Sunday. Um, so if you go to www.thetroubadours.com, you can look at merchandise. You can see the episodes. Uh, all of our songs are available on iTunes or Amazon, um, and it's on, we're on a lot of other stuff, too. We kind of just did stuff through TuneCore, so you can buy it in a lot of different places, but Amazon and iTunes are the easiest to find if you just search for the Troubadours, uh, T-R-O-U-B-A-D-O-O-R-S. So it's actually Troubadours spelled wrong because we go door to door. Get it? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, so it's uh, I, I wrote all the music for it. Um, and Christopher Sabat, who's also a voice actor, he actually helped me with a lot of the arrangements. Um, and there's one song, there's one episode, uh, Magic Circles Day, that he a- he actually wrote the song for it. It's all like electronica kind of stuff. Um, but it's been a really cool learning experience um, getting to, and I love to be able to, you know, have an excuse to write absurd songs because I love writing absurd songs. And uh Haley Esposito, who's my producing partner, she wrote a lot of the episodes and she directed uh, all of them except for Magic Circles Day, which was, it's the most bizarre episode of all of it, but it's because I wrote and directed it and that's just how my brain is. Um, And she is, she's actually, actually, uh, she used to be my agent and then she quit to do more producing stuff and she just had this idea for uh, the Troubadours. We hadn't called it the Troubadours when she had thought of it, but like she just had this cool idea about people caroling door to door for weird holidays. And I was like, that's brilliant because we could write a new song for every holiday. And uh, so we just kind of brainstormed for a long time for a few months and just cast it and filmed it and did it. And I learned how to edit. I'm editing the episodes. Uh, Chuck Huber, who's also another voice actor, is an associate producer on it. And he actually taught me how to edit and he edited a couple episodes as well, but he's been uh, helping me with all that stuff. And, um, yeah, it's been awesome, and you guys should, once again, check it out on thetroubadours.com. And we'll also post it on our Facebook page at All Taste Explosion and Dennis Daniels Show. And we may even have to, if you guys have a Twitter page, we might have to follow you on AT Explosion. Yeah, we do. We do have a Twitter page, at Troubadours. So, uh, what do you, by the way, just for the uh, for the e-media student, I mean, what do you use to edit the videos? Uh, I actually, and don't judge me because I have a lot of editing friends that do, uh, I use Final Cut 10. What's wrong with Final Cut? Final Cut's awesome. Yeah, Final Cut is awesome, but I use 10, which I have a lot of friends that use 7, and they swear by 7, and they hate 10 with a passion. But if you're just learning how to edit, Final Cut 10 is way easier to just start up on, whereas with Final Cut 7, you kind of have to take a college class like to figure out how to do it, for me anyway. Um, and most people that I talked to did take a college course on it, uh, and that's why they love it. But for me, having to teach myself, I just it was just... So much easier on Final Cut 10. I majored in, in Final Cut Pro. Well, majored in electronic media, you see, but... Oh, okay. That's, that's where all this radio jargon comes from. Good old University of Cincinnati. Cheap plug. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. See if you can get your hands on Avid. Ooh, you will have a lot of fun with Avid. Yeah, I have a friend that uses Avid, and he totally swears by it. Yeah, but it's just it's it's way too expensive. That's that's the problem. The, you like this 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 industry style software, but you got to pay an arm and a leg for it. Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah. I've unfortunately like started to be really into plugins, which get real expensive real fast. <laughs> the 
plug-in can be even more expensive than the software itself. It's, it's like with, with, with a DSLR camera. You can have a $700 base like I do with the Rebel T2i, and then you find a lens that's like $1,200. So I'm like, how is that possible? Oh, yeah, totally. yeah, we shot everything uh, for Troubadours. We shot everything on a, a 7D and a Canon uh, and the 5D Mark III. Which is awesome, by the way. Oh yes, I, I love my I love my Rebel T two I. I love it. Yeah, it's but um, uh, I don't know where I was going with that. I think I was just bragging about my gear. <laughs> oh yeah, the lenses. The lenses are crazy expensive. It's like it's like okay, okay. There should be a law where you can't have your lens more expensive than the camera itself. If I can buy five lenses for the price of one, that's messed up. Yeah. And then if it gets stolen, and you're double salty. Yep. Uh, well, all of our gear is uh, insured. I highly recommend it. Are there any new series that you're working on that you can tell us about? That is a great question. I think Aria was just announced. Uh, that one's pretty fun. I'm working on one right now that I just started working on that I know has not been announced, but I really wish it had been because I would love to talk about it because it's one of my favorite roles ever. Um, but, gosh, yeah, I think Aria is the only one that I know for sure that has been announced that I've done recently. Oh, and C, uh, Control-C. That one is, I think they have posted some uh, dubbed episodes on the Funimation website now or on their YouTube channel, maybe both, I'm not sure. Um, but that one is really cool. I did that one a long time ago, though, so it's kind of interesting. It's, like I get confused as far as the dates of when things come out. Um, but that one's really good. <laughs> Some people have compared it to, like, a um, because it's about economics, like a lot of people have said that it's kind of like um, Spice and Wolf meets The Matrix. <laughs> Pretty fancy, and uh, you play Mashu. Yes, Mashu. Who is a girl with horns? Oh, sign me up! That sounds like an anime I could get into. <laughs> it, 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 yeah. it does look. It does kind of a spice and wolf matrix look. I'm just looking at the uh, cover of the Blu-ray disc, and yeah, it looks like a. It does look kind of a spice wolfy matrixy kind of doodad. Yeah. Is this going to be one of those political BS anime like when you were Georgie and Shin Chan? Because that that got really political. No, it definitely does not get political like Shin Chan. I don't think anything gets political like Shin Chan. Nothing gets anything yeah. like Shin Chan does. Shin Chan goes everywhere with that series. Oh, it's yeah. hard to believe that was a show for kids and Funimation they just turned it into an adult show and I'm like I'm like, Bravo Funimation. Yeah. yeah. I actually sure think did. I actually think Shin Chan actually ran like in Australia on Fox Kids. Oh, yeah. It ran in uh, Honduras. I'm half Honduran. I remember like, I re remember recognizing the animation style whenever I auditioned for it. And I was like, why does that look so familiar? And it's really popular in Latin America. I'm pretty certain that I probably watched it when I was little. It's weird because the quality you know, varies from episode to episode. I'm like, okay, you got some nice high quality here. And then you got some, what the hell? Crayon drawings? It's like... <laughs> It's what did the uh, did the, did they did they switch a, a creative artist every episode for some reason? They're like, okay, we're gonna have a high quality episode here, then we're gonna tie the bridge with you know a really cheapy quality done, and then for the ending we'll do a stick figure. <laughs> I think it was especially more apparent though in the way that Funimation did it because they jumped around. Uh, I, I, and I, I might be making this up, but I'm pretty sure that they just they didn't do anything in order. They jumped around a lot in episodes and seasons uh, because they're trying to find the best uh, episode to adapt into the style that they were doing. I think everyone only cares about Chris Sevick going, lesbians! <laughs> he's, he's, Who doesn't like he, Chris Sabat yelling lesbians? Yeah, well, anyway, Sabat's a great guy. I, I love that guy. I mean, he's the only guy I know that can, that can make saying lesbians sound manly in that voice. <laughs> and, he, and he actually makes pink sparkles very manly in Full Metal Alchemist as Armstrong. And Armstrong's one of my personal favorites. 
Yeah. <laughs> you can't. Of course, Nina. Gotta give props for Nina. She's that's still super duper sad, Reno. Well, anyway, we're gonna go ahead and jump right into some listener questions. If you have a question for Brina, tweet it to us at AT Explosion or opening up the brand new shrimp line. If you want to talk to her right now, give us a call at area code three four seven eight eight four nine one four nine. That's area code three four seven eight eight four nine one four nine. Okay, our first question actually comes from, uh, let's see, right here, um, Brittany Jerome. Will there be a Black Butler season three? Also, who is your favorite character in the series besides Sia? Uh, right. I am not aware of there being a Black Butler season three. I certainly hope that there is. Uh, but as far as I know, I have, I, I have not heard of one. And my favorite character besides myself in the series is, I mean, I gotta say Sebastian. He's totally my favorite. And he's totally hot. Yeah, for being a demon, he is awfully hot. He is. He's a sexy man. Yeah, why is that? Why is he a sexy man? He is a sexy beast, but no one knows why. It's the confidence. Yeah, yeah. Always I, I was uh, watching the first episode, and uh, the maid, she trips, and he catches like five boxes in one hand. I'm like, challenge accepted. No, <laughs> not really. I would have, I would have, I would have dropped those things quicker than a bad habit. But you know, it, it, it's really cool. You know, for a demon, Sebastian really is awesome, and he's a butler, and he's posticated. Yes. Um, yeah. I, I think one of my personal favorites is, uh, uh, I don't know if it's Greel or Greely. Is, is it, is oh, it Grell? Grell. Grell, or, or as I like to call uh, him slash her, Chainsaw Charlie. <laughs> yeah, Grell, uh, Daniel Frederick played him, and it's actually kind of funny. The first film that I ever did called High Schooler's Guide to College Parties. He he was in that, and I, um, whenever he first auditioned at Funimation, Colleen uh, noticed that he was in that. And so she was like, hey, do you know this guy? And I was like, oh, yeah. And she was like, douchebag or not? And I was like, totally not. Really nice guy. You should cast him. And so she did, and it turned out he was awesome. She, um, aside from, you know, the Troubadours, which I, I love that name, Troubadours. <laughs> I can't wait. I can't wait for the behind the music episode uh, where they feature that or, or uh, the biography tonight on biography the story of the troubadours then tomorrow night funny voice actress Brina Palencia tonight on biography <laughs> thank you yeah I, I know I know aside from you know doing the doing the the voice acting you also have sung several of the theme songs and may I say I am a huge fan of party join us. Oh, thank you. Because you can party, party, join us, join us, party, party, join us, join us, party, party, join us, join us, do, 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 do. I, 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 I especially like your rendition of it. It's lovely. Oh, uh, yeah, well, you got the, um, or we could do the uh, Christopher Walken, the potty, potty, join us, join us. You can potty, potty, <laughs> join us, join us. Uh, where's the cowbell? <laughs> potty, join us is great, but it needs more cowbell. Yeah. The impression was much better in 2009. <laughs> and, <laughs> I believe you. So, um, so uh, of course, you've also, aside from singing, you've also um, composed, you're also a composer, and you wrote the uh, theme, or you wrote one of the songs for a comic jumper, The Adventures of Captain Smiley, I Love You. So, uh, what goes in? <laughs> he did, that's funny. <laughs> what? Captain? I, it's funny that you even know that. Well, it's on Wikipedia, so it must be true. <laughs> it is true, I definitely did. So um, that's actually a fascinating question. Which do you like more? Do you like voice acting or do you like um, singing? Um, you know, I guess I don't like either one of them more. I like being able to do both. Uh, people, people often ask me a similar question, which is, you know, what type of character do you like to do the most? And I think my answer to that sort of stems over into this, too. I like being versatile, and I like that every day I'm doing something completely different. I I'm not the kind of person that could ever have a corporate job or any kind of job where I had to do the same thing every day. I love being engaged and I love being surprised and I love um, being challenged every day. Um, 
So I would never want to only do one or the other. I would always want to do both. Everyone, everyone, it's the same thing for everyone. They can't pick a favorite character. They can't pick a favorite aspect of anime. It, they love doing everything, and that's what makes doing anime so great because you get to do all these cool experiences and have all these great adventures, and it's, it's amazing. And, and you're so young, and you have so much to see in the world of anime. And I, I got a feeling that you will, you know, you, one day you will be up in, in that same ranks as, as Chris Sabat or Veronica Taylor or Pat Fraley because you've already got a great start and there's nowhere else to go but up, my friend. Well, thank you so much. That's really sweet. I think you have got a lot of a lot of potential. And I mean, with, with shows like, you know, Sergeant Frog, with Hellgirl, with Black Butler... Uh, Alchemist, and, and you're so young too. Won't tell your age because that's that's a kiss and never tell. <laughs> uh, well, they, they can find out for themselves. Let's not let's not diverge that number on on the on the internet radio here, kids. You've got so much ahead of you, and and with the experience that you've had, you can do so much. And the sky's the limit for you, I believe. And that's just my personal opinion. Thank you. That's really sweet. Okay, a, a question from our listener. They don't have a name, but they. Uh, they wanted to say, Brina, I loved you when you hosted GameStop TV. What was that like, and did you enjoy it? Yeah, GameStop was a great gig. I did it for three years, um, and it was it's one of those gigs that in Dallas, because I'm based in Dallas, it's one of those gigs that every actor in Dallas wants, because one thing about being an actor, you never know where your next paycheck is coming from. Whereas with GameStop, it's a really consistent gig that pays really well, and they're really nice. I mean, they're just really nice people. Um, and it was a great gig, you know, while I had it, and I'll always look on it fondly. And I learned so much doing that show. I'd never done any hosting before then, and so it was, a you know, a whole new skill that I got to cultivate. And what was cool, extra cool about it, was working with Chris Burnett, which I don't know if a lot of people know. He's a voice actor, too. And if there are any uh, Romeo, Romeo X Juliet fans out there, he was the Romeo to my Juliet. And so it was really fun, you know, getting to work with him in that capacity after having worked with him on that show. And I bet it's nothing like that Shakespeare book. I bet it's better. It's actually pretty cool. It's a really, it's a really creative twist on it, I think. Okay. Well, actually, Brina, we have a caller. Okay. Caller, what's your name? Hi, I'm Lily. Hi, Lily. What's your question for Brina? Um, I've been watching The Troubadours, and I was wondering what your favorite episode or moment on the show is. Ooh, that's a tough one. My partner Haley and I have actually been talking about this a lot lately. Um, you know, I'm, gosh, gosh. Um, actually, one of, probably one of my favorite moments and memories from the show is whenever in Magic Circles Day we had kittens and getting to secure the kittens, the Dallas Humane Society brought some for us, and they were just the tiniest, cutest little tiny things, and they were so cute, and everybody was just so excited to have them on set. But what was funny is that throughout that scene, they managed to poop and pee all over the actors. <laughs> so they were having, like, like, we were having to, like, you know, and we were really short on time, so we were like, you can't go clean it up. Sorry, you have to keep going. You have to keep going. You have to keep going. We don't have time. We don't have time. And so uh, that was a really funny moment. And I really love... As far as editing, I learned the most doing Comic Book Day. So I think that one's always going to be one of my favorites. Comic Book Day and Magic Circles Day, I learned a lot about, like, effects and keyframing and all that. Um, and so those two will always have a special place in my heart as far as editing. And I'm also a really big fan of the episode that just came out, National Bosses Day. Oh, yeah. uh, one of the first times that we really get to see a lot about Camille, because I feel like she's been kind of one of the quieter characters throughout the series. And she's such a phenomenal actress and singer, and I was just really excited like to kind of it's kind of like her you know big coming out episode like you know it's like a big deal and it's just really cool and I love that it's kind of a girl power episode and you know Haley and I you know are the ones who produced and created the project and everything and we're big on the girl power so we're, we're both really happy about that episode okay um can I ask one more question sure, I sure go right ahead okay um, what is your what was the greatest challenge you faced when making the troopers? Good question. That's a great question. Um, 
there were a lot of challenges, you know, it was a really big learning experience. I think the biggest the biggest challenge for us was probably figuring out how to pay for it, <laughs> finding the money for it. And uh, we had a really awesome Kickstarter campaign where a lot of people, you know, donated and helped us out, and that's totally what made it possible. And I, I think second to that, and maybe not even second to that, probably equal to that, is learning how to edit. You know, I had never edited anything before, and, and this was a really big undertaking. Um, so learning how to edit, has essentially taken over my entire life. Like I actually, uh, we have everything done and edited pretty much with the exception of the season finale. And we're working on the season finale now. And whenever I finish that, I've told a lot of people, I feel like I, it, I'm so excited about it. I feel like I'm graduating college because it has <laughs> been just like a really intense, you know, just trial by fire kind of experience. And, you know, it's, been so difficult and so time consuming. Like I just, I feel like I'm in finals my senior year of college and I'm just, you know, almost at the end of it and I can see the light at the end of the tunnel and I can't <laughs> wait and I can't wait for everybody to see, see the season finale. It's one of my, it's one of my favorite episodes. So yeah, I, I'd say those two were probably the hardest for me. All right. Thank you. And I love the show. So keep up the good work. The Shrimp Line brought to you by nobody. I pay for it. Get over it. <laughs> that was cool. Thanks, Lee, for being the first ever caller in on the shrimp line. Yay, Biden! All right, next one is from Girl Draco, and it's a it's a voice request. I have a question for Holo the Wolf. Will you and Lawrence ever become a couple, despite the fact that you're mean to him? Oh boy. Well, if he ever stops being an idiot, I might consider it. Will have you ever considered being a little nicer to him? I'm just, I'm just, I'm just saying, Holo. I'm, I'm just saying, you know, you, you can be kind of a, oh, what's the, what's the, the word? Hang on, look at, oh, 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 that's right, bitch. Well, that's just my nature. I am Holo, the wise wolf. Yeah. Maybe yeah. he should try being wiser. Yeah. You like apples? I do. You like apples? I love them. You're flat-chested. How do you like them apples? Oh. Well. Never stopped you from looking. Two hours later. Touche. <laughs> that was sad. That was. Damn. Hang, hang on. Hang on. Did I just get? I just got punked by a by a wolf goddess. Damn. <laughs> that was. Hang on. Damn it. <laughs> well, well, I give up. I tap. I'm tapping. I that was that was. Oh, wow, that's why she has paid the top dollars in Funimation voice acting. <laughs> I got his. Oh wow, wow. That was like that was that was good. Ugh. Oh wow. <laughs> Sorry, that was cool. That was totally cool. That was. I, I did not expect that. Oh wow. <laughs> Will you be making any appearances at any convention soon? Uh, yes. I am going to a convention somewhere soon, next month. I'm trying to look it up really quickly because <laughs> I don't remember what it's called. Um, I think it's called NatsuCon, maybe? NatsuCon in Hampton, Virginia on November 6th through the 4th. And then in El Raya, Ohio, a little bit up, uh, up past us, ShinbukuCon on April 12th to the 14th. And you were at MatsuriCon in, in August. And uh, I actually got to attend the uh, the female voice actor panel. I got to say, you guys, you guys have got some uh, chops. <laughs> yeah, I remember that panel. That was a fun panel. You got you. It was you. Uh, was it? Um, oh, what else was there? It was you. Kathy uh, Young, uh, Shani Lee, Kathy Wolfluck. Um, yes. You guys, you guys, you know. This, see, this is why I am so happy that the voice acting industry is alive and well with these girls. Because not only can they do awesome girls, they can do awesome boys. Yeah, totally. Yes, Kathy Westlake, oh gosh, man, hang out with her all weekend, that must have been a, a rip and a half, just having her on the show in February. Oh, it was it, it was just so much fun. Well, anyway, our last question is, and we like to ask this with all our voice actors, um, our audience is mostly a lot of vocal majors, theater majors, and drama majors that want to get 
you know, their start in the anime industry. Do you have any advice for any aspiring voice actors who would like to get their start? Uh, yeah, absolutely. Um, I A majority of the voice actors, especially at Funimation, did not start just trying to be a voice actor. A lot of us, most of us, if not all of us, had a background doing theater or film or some other form of acting. Because um, I think what a lot of people don't uh, like to think about is the fact that it is acting. It's not just making funny voices. We have tons of people that can make funny voices, but you have to be able to portray the emotion and really get into the mindset of the character in that voice. That's where the challenge is. So, because there, and there are also a lot of voice actors who don't do funny voices at all and have a fantastic career just using their own natural voice or variations thereof. And so it's, it's really important to build up your acting chops more so than your voicing chops. Like, just try to be a very good actor and, you know, take classes. Because the other thing great about classes, other than building up, you know, you know, sharpening your craft and, like, really making you a better actor, is that it also is a great place to network. Because I, I can't tell you how many people I've met that, you know, are directors or have, you know, been able to get any auditions places that I've met at uh, acting workshops or giving me recommendations and stuff. Uh, so acting workshops are really great. Just make sure that it's from somebody who's really reputable and make sure it's, you know, not something that's like something absurd, like a thousand, two thousand dollars for one weekend workshop. Um, so make sure they're not ripping you off, but do take those workshops because they're absolutely worth it. You want to you wanna get into a good contract with a good agent. I mean, not like the contract that CL and Sebastian have, but, you know, it's a, like I had to make it. I had to make it. But, yes, you know, right. the, you know, connections, that, that's what it's all about in the business, Brina. It's, it's who you know and uh, what bridges do you, you set up. You don't want to burn your bridges because that can, that can make a lot of make-or-break situations for you because you never Absolutely. want you, you to, you know, if, if you meet someone – that you know is a really big figure in the industry. You want to make sure that you know you're on good terms with them because they might be able to recommend you to someone who's looking for you know that certain voice actors that can do a bitchy wolf goddess or a talking frog or a, an upper upper crust Victorian douchebag boy with an eye patch or Jimbo. <laughs> or maybe you just need a contract with someone who can banish all your foes to hell. You never want to sell yourself short in life and burn the bridges that you make with the people that you meet in this life. That's absolutely true. And I, there's another, you know, good advice, more good advice would be, yes, always be nice to everyone. Even if you don't like them, be nice to them. Because a lot of times those people, even if you don't think they have connections, they have connections and they can get you work or keep you from getting work. So always be the nice person um, and always be humble. Um, there are a lot of people that have come into Funimation who have auditioned who are huge anime fans. And rather than coming in, and like I said earlier, uh, with an open mind and open spirit and, you know, flexibility, they come in and have the audacity to tell the director how much they know about the show and how they think the character should be. And that is a guaranteed way to never get called again. Not only will you not get cast in that role, you will never set foot in that building again. It just won't happen. You're they don't put up they don't put up with anybody who has any sort of arrogant attitude or feels like they deserve something because they know the show. You know, like you have to come in with utter humility. Well, Brina, I can't thank you enough for being on the show. It's truly a huge honor. And, you know, with Halloween right around the corner, there, there's only one way that I could see that we end the show in a spooky uh, note. Do you think that you could give us the uh, Hell Girl monologue that we have come to know and love? Absolutely. I'd love to. All right. Hang on. Get ready. Gotta get ready. Okay. <laughs> Let's do it. You ready? I'm ready. Oh, pitiful shadow lost in the darkness, bringing torment and pain to others. Oh, damned soul wallowing in your sin. Perhaps it is time to die. 
down there, can we at least go down there in some style? You know, a little something like this? Well, it looks like me and I have a bit of a date down under, and I don't mean Australia. Uh, Brianna, thanks so much for being on the program. Guys, check out her great shows on Netflix with uh, Sergeant Frog, Black Butler, Casher and Sins. Uh, check out Funimation.com to find out how you can purchase some of the awesome shows she has been in. And check out the Troubadours, Troubadours.com, for more information. We'll have a link to the Altice Explosion website. We'll see you guys down the road. I, I hope. See you all next week. Happy Halloween. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I let's roll. <laughs> Catch all new episodes of the All Taste Explosion with the Boogaloo Shrimp featuring John Pokemon only on blogtalkradio.com. And check out www.alltasteexplosion.com for more information. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.